Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Ron Fauche, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Happy to be with you, Newell. So, Ron, we have the Iowa caucuses behind us. Trump wins convincingly. We have New Hampshire behind us. Uh, Trump wins uh, with over 50 percent of the vote there as well. And uh, he seems pretty irritated that Nikki Haley's not waving the white flag yet. He is, and and it's not surprising that he is. Uh, His his best strategy would probably be to ignore and, um, and, and, and just go defeat her in South Carolina and get it over with. But, but that's not how he is, so that's Donald Trump. It seems, though, to have ruffled the feathers of a number of folks within the Republican circles that he kind of, you know, really went on a, a, an attack of Nikki Haley, even, you know, uh, <laughs> criticizing her dress. I mean. And uh, and is trying to resurrect the uh, the rhino mantra, uh, and I'm not so sure that the uh, uh, you know that the basic Republican principles and where Donald Trump stands on a lot of issues are in alignment either. Well, you know that's the sort of thing that Donald Trump has been doing since he got in the first race for president in 2015. Uh, he, he's made these kinds of comments about his opponents. And, uh, you know, uh, according to Donald Trump's mind, he looks back and says, well, it always worked. Um, you know, he wiped out Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz and, and all these other candidates along the way. And, uh, and it's worked for him. So, so he keeps doing it. And as it stands now, he's, likely to win the South Carolina primary, and he's likely to, to put this nomination uh, in his pocket very soon. Well, you and I have talked about this before. That's all fine and dandy when you're talking about the primaries. But when you get into the general, it's all about those that fall in the middle. Um, history has a tendency to repeat itself. The middle never really did embrace that caustic, abusive approach that he takes with other candidates and, you know, talking about loyalty um, with him. It's almost a one-way street. It's loyal to him and not him so much loyal to anybody else. Um, I don't see that that's going to change. Do you? No, it's not going to change. And, it, and it's uh, a reason why 
uh, he has never gotten the majority of the popular vote or has never even won the popular vote. The first time when he was elected president, he was elected based on the electoral votes. He lost the popular vote. Uh, and, and this last time, he lost the popular vote by even a, a bigger margin. So, so you're right. I mean, his, his style and approach uh, is winning him Republican nominations, but it's not winning the swing voters in the middle. And he has to rely on a sort of a, uh, a, a, the, exactly the right combination of electoral votes to have a, a, a shot. The, but, you know, the, the big problem of this is, is ultimately for the Republican Party. Because when you have Donald Trump, who has that big negative like that, uh, even though he's able to pull out some close wins, as he, as he, he did the first time, uh, he's never getting the kind of mandate, he's never getting the kind of majority that a Republican president needs to, to really govern the country in a conservative way that, uh, that it lasts for, for a time. Uh, a lot of the things that Trump did uh, in his first term uh, were never fully done, never fully accomplished. Some of it had to be done by uh, executive orders because he he didn't have the majorities in Congress that he needed. And uh, and it's likely that that would happen again. So if Republicans really wanted to put one away and and win a a decisive victory, uh, it's not likely they can do it with Donald Trump. So what do you think about the strategy with Nikki Haley? I mean, I, I, I always try to put myself in the shoes of, of the individual in, in assessing it. And I and I always hearken back to um, the Ellender Johnson, Bennett Johnson situation here in the state of Louisiana. And I think you have a lot of those same ingredients working here, don't do you not? Yeah, I mean, I think you do. Uh, you know, he risks. Um, uh, making uh, you know, making it look like he's being unfair and uh, in, in an ugly way against against uh, Haley, and uh, and that could give her some some help, particularly in a home state situation. But um, but it, it you know it probably won't make a whole lot of difference in the end. Uh, you know. Trump has proven himself to be sort of immune to the, the normal rules of politics. And, you know, people that I know and you know who have been around politics for a long time, you know, uh, are just flabbergasted by the things he does and politically gets away with. Now, you know, there, there are limits to that, as we said. Um, you know, his, his rule of the Republican Party hasn't been so good in terms of of electing big majorities in Congress where they could do the things they want to do. But, uh, but it tends to be enough to get him what he needs at that point. And uh, uh, he's probably at a, at a point now where uh, he, he, he's going to win the nomination no matter what mistakes he makes. And the only thing that, that would, could hurt him from winning the nomination or keep him from winning is if there's – at some point before the July convention, he's convicted on a whole bunch of serious felonies, and uh, and the Republican Party might look at this and say, "Well, he can't win, 
so we need to nominate somebody else. But but that would have to be done with Trump supporters. I mean, there wouldn't be enough non-Trump supporters to be able to do it. But what, when you look at the polling, a lot of Republicans, I think the um, the majority um, in one of your publications talked about the problem if there was an ultimate conviction, either prior to the election or even post-election, it seems to me there's a lot of risk there. I, I don't, well, and I, I don't have, I don't have a high confidence level as to a lot of these chart of the ninety-something or whatever charges that 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 they're going to convict him on, um, that that he will be convicted. But if convicted, a lot of risk for the Republican Party. It, it's a tremendous risk, uh, and 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 here's how it's a tremendous risk. Uh, the polls show that upwards of 30 percent of the Republican electorate in the country, and I said Republican electorate, not the whole electorate, said that they wouldn't vote for Trump if he was a convicted felon. So people will say, well, they're not going to vote for Biden. And that's true. They may not vote for Trump or Biden. But the risk Republicans and Trump has there is that if a large segment of the Republican electorate in 30 percent may not seem that large, but in a close presidential election, you know, Trump got 94 percent of the Republican vote. Biden got 94 percent of the Democratic vote in the last election. So if if Trump is losing 30 percent of the Republican vote, uh, then that means it's highly unlikely he could get a majority uh, or, or win the popular vote. It's highly unlikely he would win enough states to win the election. And so you say, well, where are the votes going to go? They, they, uh, I agree. They, a lot of those votes aren't going to go to Biden because most Republicans really dislike Biden. But those votes would go to third-party candidates. Robert or Kennedy, for example. Well, if and, they don't vote, it hurts them too, right? I mean, and you know, there was a fort. There was a, right. what was it, 44,000 vote separation in the general last time? Was it that? Was That's it about 44,000? Well, it, well, in terms of, of popular vote. Uh, popular vote, yeah. Yeah, well, well in terms of popular vote, uh, Biden won by about 7 million. But, uh, but in those key states, if you moved, yeah. I, I think it was something 40 to 50,000 votes right. from Biden to Trump, he would have won. Of course, the same thing would have been true four years earlier if you had moved. 40 or 50,000 votes in the sure. right things sure. from to Hillary Clinton. She would have won. But, but the point is, is that uh, Donald Trump cannot afford to lose 30 percent of his Republican base in a general election, however he loses it, whether he loses it to people staying home or whether he loses it to, say, a candidate like Robert Kennedy or people voting for a no-labels candidate, or whatever it may be. And, uh, and that's the risk that the Republicans have. It, and, uh, and it, you know, can there be a guilty verdict between now and November? The answer is yes, it's possible. I mean, the criminal lawyers here in town tell me that, that they don't, you know, that there's so many ways you, you can delay these trials and push these trials back that they don't think, they didn't think there would be a, a trial or a verdict in time to keep him from winning the nomination, which may be true. But, you know, we have all the way until November at this point. 
And it's mm-hmm. possible that you could have one or two of those trials be conducted and completed. And, uh, and, if, and if he is convicted, uh, it's a whole new ball game. That's why I'm saying if, if that could happen before the Republican convention and all of a sudden, you know, the polls that are now showing uh, Trump winning, beating Biden by four or five points, all of a sudden start showing Biden beating Trump by 15 points. And Republicans might say, wait a minute, we're about to walk into a disaster here. And then, you know, and it goes even beyond the election. You know, what happens if he's convicted after the election, between then and the time he takes office? Um, What happens if he's convicted uh, during a presidential term? Uh, what happens if he's convicted if he loses the presidency? And uh, what does that do to the Republican Party? If, if, the, if Biden wins and then Trump is convicted and, and isn't even a candidate anymore, it even adds to the problems that the Republicans have. So, so you're 100 percent right. I mean, the, the, the Republican Party is taking a big, big risk with, uh, with Donald Trump. You know, they want Donald Trump. They they feel like he's earned their support. But uh, but it's a it's a big risk they're taking. Not to mention, uh, and we'll, why don't we pick up there when we come back after the break? We're visiting with Ron Foshe, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. We're back with Ron Foshe, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics. Ron, typically you run with the hopes of serving two terms, eight years. In this particular case with Trump, he can only serve one term. And if we don't increase the margin in the House and possibly take back the Senate, you know as well as I, all of these confirmations of putting together your administration and everything the same way that that, uh, the Republicans were guilty of slow walking it before, you're going to see that same tack being taking by the Democrats and we could be two years into this administration and still not everybody have everybody in place. Uh, that can very well happen. And, uh, and, and that's one of the problems of being a lame duck. It's one of the problems of having a president who serves a term is out of term and then comes back and serves a term. Uh, and you also have the second term, you know, uh, blues that, that applies. Most presidents, do better in their first terms than their second terms. And of course, that could apply to both Trump and to uh, Biden. But right. um, so, so the next, uh, you know, the next four years, uh, you know, it could be a, a, a tough time in this country because all the problems we have been having with political party polarization and paralysis, and not getting things done, uh, could be worsened by this, not improved. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. status quo for me on a number of issues is not acceptable. Um, there are a lot of things that are going on right now that just absolutely drive me crazy. And I and I get why, you know, th- there's a change that, that people desire to have. But you got to take calculated risks. And, and this risk, for me, just seems to be too, too high and not in the best interest of the party. And... Um, I've said that in the way that we've conducted our our endorsements here in the Republican Party in Louisiana, and I I feel the same way nationally. 
about we're not being smart uh, and we're not thinking long term at all. We're thinking for the moment. I think I agree with you. I, I think that's a real problem for a political party. And uh, and we've seen it locally uh, and, and we're about to see it in, in mega dimensions at the national level. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll touch base after some more of these get behind us. Obviously, South Carolina, the big one looming out there. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, appreciate your time and your insight. Have a great week. Thanks. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 